All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, a tantalizing Thursday afternoon. Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Live on Orders Nation YouTube, Facebook, uh, although today might be a day where I'd recommend uh, not watching uh, online. It's, uh, it's not, an, uh, not an ideal look. Uh, I, thankfully, we have guests, so I'll have to put my headphones on. But for the uh, opening, I don't need it. So I'll honor my word. And it's, uh, yeah, it's bad hair. It is, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. I can tell you that right now. I don't, uh, I don't love it. I don't like it. And thankfully, it's almost over. Almost over. So. Uh, but uh, we'll have some fun with it. Uh, um, I don't even know. I think it might have been Dave Parker. I uh, was interviewing Leon Dreisaitl. And Dreisaitl looked at me and I was, I thought he was good because he's got a sense of humor. So I thought he was going to chirp me about my hair. And then Dave, hey, what do you think of Gregor's hair? And he looks and goes, man, I didn't even recognize him. I didn't know it was you. And I was like, all right, see, there you go. That's nice. So, um, but yeah, there was, a, there was a few double takes today. So cons, I'll uh, honor my word and uh was, uh, was hatless and toothless today around the rink, so uh, not ideal, but uh, had a lot. Vinny DeHarnay was, uh, was probably seemed to be the one who enjoyed it the most. So, um, although he does admit that right now he's growing out his hair actually for, uh, for charity as Vincent DeHarnay, in case you're wondering why he's got the long locks after uh, last season going with the, uh, the brush cut. And, he, I was telling him, I said, well, why don't you just, uh, you know, before you shave it, just have a little fun with it to, you know, you trim it off where it looks like mine, just to put in the, uh, the male, the, the, the natural male pattern badness because of our male pattern baldness. I said, because who knows what, uh, what your future might look like. You never know. So it was, uh, it was good. The orders, of course, um, Lineup changes. There's actually quite a few line changes. Uh, the only roster spot movement will be uh, Calvin Pickard will uh, get the start. Stuart Skinner started the last five games. He's won his last five. He's actually won his last 11 to set an owner's franchise record, but he will get the night off tonight. Uh, expect Stuart Skinner back in goal on Saturday against the Nashville Predators. Defense pairings are the same. Nurse and CeCe, Bouchard and Ekholm, Kulak and uh, DeHarnay. But the uh, forward lines will uh, will start how they finished last game. As uh, Leon Drysaddle had mentioned, uh, he felt that last game was probably the worst 40 minutes they'd played during the streak. And then the coach switched the lines. McDavid, Drysaddle, and Hyman. You had Nugent Hopkins centering Kane and Fogle. You had McLeod with Holloway and Connor Brown, and then you'll have Derek Ryan with Gagne and Yanmark. Uh, that's how they finished last game, and that's how they're going to start tonight. Uh, you know, I've seen some people suggesting that, wow, well, you know, what's the coach doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you even question this decision? 
I'd much rather have the coach who looks and says, hey, you know what? I think it's been a little, and actually, you know what? Before I even do it, it's a, it is the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. I'm going to let you, the coach explain why he made the decision because uh, he asked about that. Uh, the Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It's Thursday, and uh, you know what that means? Uh, a grand for a day for life, 20 years, 7.2 million bucks. You can play it today at PlayAlberta.ca where they have the uh, Oilers as a heavy favorite Tonight, uh, like a lot of places, uh, this is a game the order should win. This is a game I expect them to win. And actually, well, I'll, I'll let you hear from Knobloch, and then I'm going to give you the reasons why I think it's a good decision. But here is uh, Chris Knobloch when asked about the lineup change. I often think, um, you know, as coaches, we overreact. We change things up more than they need to. Often it's um, up to the players to figure things out, work things out. And um, there obviously is times where you are changing things up for um, – you know, a strategy or for line matches or something like that. But, um, you know, I think last game it was just ultimately we need to make a change. We were very stale. We need to freshen things up, and they responded in the third period. So there you go. To me, it makes sense. They're stale. He wants, rather than wait until you lose the game, why not jump ahead of it? I actually like this decision by the coach, and there's a few other reasons why. I like it. So, because people, oh, you're, you know, he's going to the crutch of McDavid and Drysaddle. Here's the thing. This is not the time he's going to the crutch of McDavid and Drysaddle. I actually think he's putting McDavid and Drysaddle together because he wants to jumpstart McDavid. Connor McDavid has gone eight games without a, without a two-point game. Now, he's not being bad. He's got seven points in eight games, right? For any other play in the league, you're like, hey, that's a pretty good run, right? Points in seven out of eight games. But it's Connor McDavid. You know what the last time Connor McDavid went eight consecutive games without having at least two points in one of those games? You got to go back to his rookie season of 2015-2016. Think about that. So by his standards, which are really lofty, right now he is a, he's in a little bit of an offensive lull. And you know what? You're playing a bad team on their third game in four nights, uh, the second half of a back-to-back, and your team has had some sluggish starts as of late. Why not try to jumpstart, get some energy, not not only um, for your team, but for, for your best player? What's wrong with it? I think it's great. I hope McDavid goes off tonight because order, the orders, as great as they're playing, there's still a chance to play better because I don't think McDavid's at his best. Now, he's not bad by any stretch. Obviously, you look all of his numbers – they're fantastic. He's not shooting the puck as much as he was last year, so I think they would like that to improve in the second half of the season. But, you know, the orders they want home ice advantage. Right? They're not going to win every game. We know that. But why not allow, you know, your best player to feel maybe even a little bit better about himself? The coach knows him, probably has conversations with him, and the coach watches him play. You've seen it. So I actually quite like this decision by Knobloch. And to me, it shows you that, you know what? This is a coach who wants to be proactive. I'm not going to wait till we lose and then change the lines. Right? I changed them last game because they were doing nothing and it worked. So why not stick with it for a bit? And if he sticks with it again uh, against Nashville, no problem. I think ultimately you're going to see Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman as a line for the majority of the season. But it doesn't mean they have to be a line every single moment of every single game. Right? They don't have to. So that's what an 82-game season's for. People be, oh, you can't win the playoffs. Why are you mentioning the playoffs in a January game? There's no connection. There's no correlation. If all of a sudden the entire final six weeks of the season, he loads up McDavid and Drysaddle, then I think you could probably have concern. But not right now. They've won 14 in a row. I Here's a coach saying, guys, I don't want us to rest on our laurels. I want us to go for 15 and 16. Heck, maybe break the record. Which would be crazy if you think about it. How fun would that be to watch? So I'll tell you right now, the odds of you as an order fan seeing the orders win 14 games in a row again is pretty low. There's only one franchise that's done it twice. That's the Penguins. 93 and 2013. Good for them. One year they had Lemieux, one year they had Crosby. Now the Oilers have already had Gretzky. Now they have McDavid. Do you think there's going to be another one? You hope so, but eh, would seem kind of 
unlikely. So either way, I look at uh, at how they've played as of late. And, they, you know, they haven't played poorly because, hey, when you can turn it on and dominate like you did in the third period, that's a great sign. No, t- I'm not, I don't like the cliche 60 minutes. Yes, I understand the game is actually 60 minutes of, of runtime. But no team dominates for 60 minutes. Like, there's always some stretches of games where the other team, you know, does something. They might not score, but they'll have possession for a while. Like, it's hard to have every shift where, you know what? Hey, we're dominating. We played great. I don't uh, I don't see it. So, um, I look at uh, tonight. Tonight could be points night. And uh, we are a few days away from uh, celebrating uh, Robin Brownlee. Uh, celebration of his life goes this Sunday. And uh, we, we have the GoFundMe page. You can go to sports1440.ca. It's going to be up there until Sunday. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to our goal. I'd love to reach it, especially tomorrow's pause of Friday. But we'll try to get there today uh, as closer as we can. You can go to sports1440.ca. But also, we have a, a pair of seats to tonight's game. Oilers Blackhawks. You want to go see McDavid, Drysaddle, light them up? Hey, heck, maybe it's going to be Holloway and McLeod. Maybe Warren Fogle keeps rolling. Because that's what's been good about the Edmonton owners. People saying, oh, this is a crutch. The coaches are relying on it. What are you talking about? They haven't relied on McDavid and Drysaddle for this entire streak. Maybe the Philly game, you could say, okay, McDavid was dominant. Right? But other than that, he's been very good. But they're winning games where he has one point. How's that relying on him? I don't see it. So... It would be nice if all of a sudden maybe McDavid has one of his usual three, four-point nights, right? Because you still need that. It's going to happen. I don't know when, but mark it down. He's going to have another three and four-point night tonight, maybe even a five-pointer. We'll see. But I I like this decision by the coach. Where did he come out? 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440. We'll see. If, and if, by the way, if you want to bid on the ticket tonight, you can just text in with your name. And uh, what your amount is. And uh, Mike opens it up at uh, 200. So uh, we're off and running. There you go. Cons, what do you make of the decision from the head coach? I love it, Craig. Or like for the reasons you outlined, why wait? It was not a great 40 minutes. They make the changes and all of a sudden they start to come to life again. Uh, you know, you can go back to it and you can continue to to try and hope that it's going to find a way to get itself out of that jam. But that that just seems crazy to me. And we've seen this in the past where, you know, we've seen the Oilers coach, whoever it might be, load up that top line when they are taking on opponents, you know, of the class of the Chicago Blackhawks where, you know, maybe they can get going and and get those top two guys really firing. It would not surprise me, you know, if you're over at Play Alberta and you want to take over the point total for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to just see them have one of those games where they absolutely go off and then, you know, fire it up for Nashville on Saturday. Leon Dreisaitl, we already know what he does against the Preds. Just get him feeling good. Get McDavid feeling good going into that break as well. So I absolutely love this move. I, I think, you know, you would have been okay, and I don't think we would have been overly critical had the lines not changed. But seeing them do it, I think it's a very good move from uh, Knobloch and the staff with this one. I, I really don't see a downfall. You're, you're doing it against the 31st place team. Your, your team has scored a lot of goals as of late. I don't think this is going to change anything defensively. And the other thing it does is it gives the coach chance to see some other combinations that he might want to use come playoff time. Right? I think he's like Dylan Holloway at uh, center ice. But maybe he really likes him at left wing. And maybe they go out there and it's like Ken Holland's like, hey, maybe we need a fourth line center. Right? I think you got to remember there's, there's still a half a season left. And... The Oilers still have six weeks till the trade deadline. Luckily, they're healthy. You know, you, you look at this roster right now. There's nobody uh, like Corey Perry. I guess we can say that that'll be the uh, the la- the latest addition, and he'll play on Saturday. We got a lot of texts coming. I'll just I'm going to base it solely off of time on ice. And if I look at the time on ice lately, I would think when Corey Perry comes in, it's probably going to be Sam Gagne, unless there's an injury, as the guy who's uh, who's coming out. So. Well, uh, hey, Gregor, let's be honest. McDavid could have had multiple games in each of the last eight. Well, could have, would have, should have, Aaron. Did he? I'm not saying he's playing poorly. I'm saying he didn't have eight games in a row without a multi-point game. That's just a fact. It's not a knock. It's just a fact. And I see nothing wrong with switching things up because the whole team was flat. The whole team came out flat against Columbus 
It was, you know, that they reverted for a small window back to the orders of old where it was turnover city. And and I think the coach is like, no, 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 no. That is, uh, that's not what we need uh, at all. And he's right. right? You're going to have games where you're not 100%. That's obvious. And uh, kudos to the orders. I give him credit. They've won 14 in a row. You find ways to win. That's what good teams do. Uh, coming up on the show, we are, of course, going to preview the Blackhawks. By the way, they have $29 million sitting on the sidelines tonight, injured. Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, Tyler Johnson, Anthony Beauvillier, Connor Murphy, uh, Zaitsev. It is, uh, it is Anth- Andreas Athanasio. It is, uh, it is quite the run of, uh, guys banged up. For the Chicago Blackhawks, we'll talk about that. Uh, Matt Verderam will uh, join us as we uh, get set to talk a little NFL. It is the Ravens and the Chiefs taking on the and on then the other side, the 49ers and the Lions. Uh, Livingston will by Daryl Evans will join us. What's up in LA? Did you see the game last night, man? Todd McClellan. We'll, we'll play his post game comments later on. Woo. That was uh, one of the classic. Classic post gamers from him. Uh, Speck will be by. Also, uh, Brent Sake will uh, will join us as there is the uh, uh, the world's longest game getting going. Uh, another edition of it, but the, it's the young kids, like the second generation, is uh, is taking over. We'll get to that. Uh, Livingston, uh, the racing report. Uh, Terry Ryan is going to uh, join us in the uh, in the three o'clock hour today. So uh, lots to get to here on uh, Sports fourteen forty. Hey, boys, uh, Nauber knows best. Cannot nitpick a coach on a 14-game heater from J.D. Well, that's true, too, J.D. I, I'm a little perplexed. Be- <gasps> what happened in the past is irrelevant to right now, especially under Knobloch. I don't, I don't see this as a crutch. I don't see this as uh, anything uh, in negative in, uh, in my mind as far as that goes. Um, you know what? Uh, the M. Tudors, I will say this. I expect him to win big tonight. Chicago played him close the last time, closer than they would like, even with the goals called off, right? The Edmonton only had 15 shots. They didn't play that great. I think, to me, there's a little bit of a message here from the coach. Hey, guys, uh, no, 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 no. We're not sleepwalking through this game. Let's come out. Let's be ready. Play after our potential. Make it 15 in a row. Try to win this homestand out on Saturday, and then we'll uh, worry about the record after. So, boys, I don't think it's a bad idea at all to get Dry Settle McDavid hot. They'll be together in the playoffs when needed, so let's go, Husks. Uh, yeah, I'm not sold they'll be together a lot in the postseason, to be honest. Maybe shifts here or there, but I think the Orders team is better, as we've seen in the past, when those two are on separate lines. And I think that's what you're going to see for the majority of the time. That's what we've seen under Knobloch, uh, especially with uh, balanced scoring more. Right? Did you know last year, McDavid, Dry Settle, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins? The big four had 189 goals together. Right now they got 77. They're on pace for 148. Yet the Oilers last year averaged 3.96 goals per game. They're averaging 3.87 in their last 31 games. So while it's a pretty significant drop from your top four, but a very minimal drop from your team, that is a huge positive for the Edmonton Oilers. Take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk uh, Chicago Blackhawks on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. 2.22 on game day on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook as the Oilers get set to take on the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. The only uh, roster move for the Oilers, uh, Calvin Pickard will get the uh, start. But uh, as we talked about in the first segment, uh, some line juggling. Uh, what he ended last game with that kind of woke up the orders after a sluggish first 40 against Columbus. We'll have McDavid, Drysell, and Hyman. Kane, Fogel with Nugent Hopkins in the middle. McLeod will center Holloway and Brown. And uh, Ryan will center Gagne and Yanmark. D pairs remain the same. As uh, we go around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's, where all of the Edmonton and area franchises are local. People who uh, own and operate them. Just like you, living in the community, paying your taxes. And uh, they love giving back. Of course, we're huge sponsors of Edmonton Minor Hockey Week and uh, do a lot for Ronald McDonald's house. And right now, they're building an expansion. 
to, to help even more families. As uh, unfortunately, uh, there's uh, the need for the Ronald McDonald House, just like the Stollery, uh, continues to increase. And so uh, they're going to help more families try to make the best of a bad situation. Uh, and that's really what the Blackhawks are doing right now, trying to make the best of a bad situation. Uh, injury riddled team. Uh, you know, it was, it was going to be another retooling year for them, but I think it's gone even worse just because of all the injuries. No Bedard, no Hall, no Johnson. Athanasiu is out. Tyler Johnson is out. Beauvillier is out. Uh, and they got Seth Jones back, but now Connor Murphy's out. Zaitsev's out. Veteran guys. So they have $29.25 million on the injured list right now. Uh, Chris Vosters, uh, joins us. And, uh, Chris, as the, as the voice of Blackhawks, uh, man, you're, you're, you're scanning the, uh, every game to make sure you know all the players because, uh, it's been a steady change, uh, every game for new guys in the lineup for the Blackhawks. Yes, it sure has. And, uh, you know, just trying to be an eternal optimist in the midst of everything that's been going on this season. And you mentioned that there's, there's 29 million bucks tied up on the injured list. That's actually about $7 million lower or less than uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. All that to say, slowly but surely, the, the team does seem to be getting healthier again. And, and there, there have been some bright spots in the midst of uh, what has been, uh, yes, a, a difficult season. What, what's up? Now, is Lucas Reichel just a young guy? Uh, you know, has there been talk of maybe sending him to the minors? What's up with the uh, – how's Reichel's season gone in your eyes? Well – Certainly from a, from a points perspective, it, it's definitely been disappointing. I think a lot of Blackhawks fans were really excited to see him log his first full season in the NHL based on how he looked in about a 15-game sample at the end of last season when, when it looked like he was starting to figure things out and would be able to uh, handle a, an NHL workload for the entire season. You know, that's been the the Blackhawks' rather patient policy to some of their top prospects, let them marinate in the AHL for a season or two and then get them ready to go at, at the NHL level. And it, and it just hasn't happened for Lucas Reichel this season. So you see the, the offensive ability, you see the skill set. Uh, he's, a, he's a gifted skater. He's very athletic. He's got great hands. But I think it's it's become unfortunately a, a confidence thing for a for a young player right now. A little too little too timid on the puck. It's a very physical game, and you know, winning board battles and doing some of those gritty things is is what's really been lacking in his game right now. And when you are only 21, 22 years old, which he is, you know, you get down on yourself, and you're the only person that can get yourself out of that not another teammate it's not a coach you know it's got to start with you building your own confidence back up and, it, and it's hard to do that in a league as talented and, and as gifted as the NHL so that's kind of what he's going through right now you know I, I don't I don't know what the team's plan is you know if it's if it's gotten to the point where they're considering sending him back down to the minors that you know I certainly haven't heard any talk of that but uh, you know in, in December they sat him out for one game uh, they've recently sat him out for the last two games. He's going back into the lineup tonight. So, you know, the um, the, the next step, if things don't really get going for him, could be a, a stint in the AHL, certainly. Yeah, which, you know what, to me is not a big deal. I think people have to understand that there's very few rookies, very few young guys who who make the, the step to the NHL, and it's just all roses and lollipops, and everybody's excited. It's a, it's a tough league, and it, it can be it can be very humbling uh, for young players, and it can be a real big learning curve for lots of players. And some never get it, and others it, it just takes some time. Um, with all the injuries, I guess that, you know, it means more opportunity for some players, maybe more than they would expect. Uh, who are some guys in your, in your mind that, you know, outside of Dickinson that have, uh, that have maybe shown management that, Hey, you know what? I, I deserve more playing time, even when some of these veteran guys come back. Well, I, I think, you know, just talking about Lucas Reichel as a guy who spent a, a decent amount of time in the AHL. Uh, before coming up to the NHL roster full-time. Uh, you know, Alex Vlasic, a 22-year-old defenseman, second-round draft pick in 2019 out of Boston University. He's a, he's a local guy, grew up about 20 minutes north of Chicago. 
in a suburb called Wilmette. Uh, he's been excellent this season and, and has, has, quite frankly, been the Blackhawks' best and most consistent defenseman. So he's been really, really impressive. He's 6'6", got a really long reach. He just kind of very, very subtly, very quietly shuts things down in the D zone. And what you're starting to see as his confidence has grown this season is him start to assert himself on the offensive end a little bit more. He's gotten a little bit better carrying the puck up um, he's he's got a great first pass to the forward getting the puck out of the D zone. The the finishing near the net is is something that's uh, not quite there yet for him. But he's he's a guy who Blackhawks fans are really excited about his long term future. On the forward lines, uh, Philip Kurashev is is a guy that I would point to there. Uh, fourth year in the organization, fourth round draft pick. You know, a guy that's never really been, you know, at the top of anyone's list or high on anyone's radar. Um, skilled guy. I think the question through his first three seasons with the team is, is this guy ever going to be a, a top six caliber forward? And to his credit, he got himself in great shape over the summer. Actually suffered a bit of an injury setback in training camp. He, he injured his wrist in a preseason game and only played one preseason game and missed the first handful of games in the regular season. But because he was in such good shape, it really didn't slow him down that much getting back into the flow of the regular season. And he's also become much more of a – he's a quiet guy, but he started to assert himself from a leadership standpoint as well. When Connor Bedard was taken out of the game on the, on, on the, on the tough but I, I think clean hit by Brendan Smith against the New Jersey Devils on January 5th. Now, Kurashev was one of the first guys to kind of jump up and, and stick his nose in the thick of things and just kind of let everyone else know, hey, that, that's not okay doing that to our best player. And that was, you know, very unexpected, I think, and a, and a little bit out of character. And as injuries continued to mount as the month went on, uh, you know, he found himself with a letter on his sweater, and I think that was a big part of the reason why. So he's a guy that, is, that has really improved uh, both on and off the ice and, and I think is a, is a guy that has been a, a pleasant surprise as well. Uh, you look at the Blackhawks, and uh, you know, I think ideally their management uh, uh, would love some of them to get, get healthy, uh, Chris, because, you know, there's some guys potentially – that could you know be trade bait. They're obviously not making the playoffs, and I'm talking guys like Beauvillier, uh, you know Tyler Johnson, Nikita Zaitsev. You know they're all pending UFAs. What's the uh, what's the status of those guys? How long are they going to be out? Well, the, the there there was some um, guarded optimism that maybe Tyler Johnson would would be able to join the team on this road trip going into the All Star break. Uh, we're, we're in Edmonton tonight, of course, and then Calgary on Saturday. And he's, he's certainly not with the team today. It seems like that's becoming a long shot to get Tyler Johnson back before the All-Star break. However, it, it sounds like shortly after the All-Star break would be a reasonable time to expect Tyler Johnson back. Anthony Beauvillier uh, dealing with a broken wrist is, is a little bit longer of a timeline. Uh, he's definitely not on the trip, it is, is going to be back in – uh, greater Montreal um, recovering and, and getting back on the ice. Uh, so for Beauvillier, I, I think they're hoping more later in February around the time that Connor Bedard rejoins the team. Okay. Um, now, Bedard, I know he got skated and he was told, uh, you know, he's got to take it uh, take it very easy. Obviously, he wants to get back on the ice as soon as he can, but, that you know, that's going to be a while. Now, from your understanding, is he going to be at the All-Star game just because he's one of the, the young big names in the game? Is Has he committed to that? Do you know, like, I'm not saying he's going to participate, but just be around, you know, shake hands, kiss babies kind of thing? Yeah, that's that's certainly been discussed. Um, but, uh, the, you know, and, and our head coach, Luke Richardson, is is – Ask that on almost a daily basis by our traveling media contingent. And it sounds like the, the NHL is still working with the team to figure out what exactly they're going to ask Connor Bedard to do. So nothing official, nothing firm on, on that just yet. Um, and everyone's just kind of waiting around to see what, uh, what ends up being decided. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we really appreciate uh, your time. Enjoy the game tonight. 
Thanks. Great to be in Edmonton and appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Chris. That is uh, Chris Wosters, the uh, one of the voices of the Chicago Blackhawks that come to town. How about that? $29.25 million on uh, IR right now. Taylor Hall, Tyler Johnson, Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Murphy, Andreas Athanasiu, Anthony Bovillide, and, and then Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard's actually the, uh, the cheapest one because he's on an entry level deal at 950. The others are all 4.1 to $6 million cap hits, and uh, they're all out. Um, Hall's obviously uh, done for the season. They would like some of those guys back just, you know, on the chance. Now, I don't know. I don't think Zaitsev is, you know, I don't think anybody's going to take him at 4.5, but, you know, Beauvillier thought, you know what, a team, if Chicago, because Chicago will retain. Of course they will, right? They'll retain uh, because they want to try to get some draft picks. And, you know, would a team have interest in Beauvillier at, at 2 million bucks? Maybe. But now he's banged up. So that uh, the, the season that was supposed to be a rebuilding, well, not even rebuild. Yeah, just part of the rebuild re, as they, they extend their rebuild. Like I saw it today, some people think, you know, um, that Chicago, because they have Bedard, will be able to really speed up their rebuild. And I'm very cautious of that. And I tell people, go back and look at rebuilds. A, they take a long time. But then look at when Sidney Crosby came in to the rebuild in Pittsburgh. He was their last he was their last like dominant pick, right? Jordan Stahl came the year after him, but Malkin was drafted the year before him. They already had Flurry. They had Whitney, who then they traded into Kunitz. Bedard's the first. What well, you can argue maybe the second, if you believe Kevin Korchinski, right? He's seventh overall pick, so pretty good pick, pretty high pick. But he's second. Patrick Kane was the last one. Connor McDavid was the last high pick of success in Edmonton. Right, Dry Settle Nurse, Nugent Hopkins Hall, they all were before him. And that's going to be the challenge for Bedard and the Blackhawks. And, and I know everybody, t- well, they got a lot of cap space. You're right, they got a lot of cap space. But how many really good players can you get with the cap space? Right, Teams might want to shed some salary to you, but it's usually from guys that are not performing up to the level of their contract. So... I think it's it's going to be a challenge. I did like the fact that they brought in some capable veterans. Unfortunately, lots of them got injured to try to at least insulate Bedard a little bit, so the the losing wasn't as painful. Obviously, with one, all the injuries, there's not much you can do now. But um, I, I still read a lot of people thinking that this is going to be a quick rebuild in Chicago, and I like maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't see it just based on on past history. It uh, it takes a while. A while. 2.37, uh, we'll take a, a quick break. We've got uh, TR coming up after uh, 3 o'clock today. And uh, we will talk a huge playoffs, baby. Love the playoffs. Who do you like? We'll discuss it next on The Gregor Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back. Game day on Sports 1440. Oilers, Chicago tonight as the uh, Oilers... Look, continue their climb. Uh, they're already in pretty rare air, but they, they look to become uh, even more rare. As uh, only four teams in NHL history have ever won 15 games in a row, uh, the orders can be the fifth if they are victorious tonight. And, man, uh, all the arrows are pointing to a victory tonight. Chicago is not a very good team. They're banged up. It's their third game in four nights, second half of a back-to-back. Come on! I would, uh, this, uh, this should be a win. Now, they didn't play great against Chicago, but they beat them. That's all that matters. It's a win. If they win 5-1 or win 2-1, as long as they win, I think they'll win. Now, uh, who do I think is going to win in the NFL? That's a little bit better of a question. So we get to the uh, NFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one full year on. Your fr- and not only do they do, fr- hey, they'll do all your duct cleaning. If you need that stuff done, it's very important. All right, clean out your uh, dryer vent. You don't want to do that, but they'll do it. Legacyheating.ca. Matt Verderam uh, joins us uh, once again. Uh, one of the best guys. If you want to know what's in out in the uh, National Football League from uh, Sports Illustrated. And uh, Matt, we are down to the conference finals again. Uh, the Chiefs are in it. 
again, uh, the Ravens are a very good team. Let's start there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes clearly, I guess, does know how to win on the road in the playoffs. Uh, he's one and zero. This, you know, as, as much as I like Buffalo, this is a way tougher test. Um, how do you how do you look at the offense of the Chiefs against this Ravens defense? How how much more of a challenge is it going to be than what they faced in Buffalo defensively? Oh, it's going to be a much bigger challenge for for Kansas City's offense. I don't think there's any question. I mean, Baltimore's got the best defense in the NFL. Now, the one thing I think in this game that's kind of gotten underplayed. The Chiefs have the second-ranked defense in the NFL. Yeah. And they have been as good almost across the board except for taking the ball away. Baltimore's been awesome taking the ball away. Nobody's done it more. The Chiefs are toward the bottom of the league. But everything else, sacks, pressure rate, yards per play, all of that. I mean, the Chiefs are either better than or right there with Baltimore. But I think for the Chiefs, look, this is going to be about three weapons. It's going to be about Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelce, and Isaiah Pacheco, and, and that's where the the offense is going to go. The Chiefs are going to need to rely on those guys and obviously Patrick Mahomes uh, to get the job done. This is a team in Baltimore that they they can wreck games with the defense. And so um, now this is not something that's foreign to the Chiefs. They played the number one defense in the league last year in the Super Bowl and scored 38 points. They have the capability to explode. They have not been great offensively this year. They've been good, though, uh, in the playoffs. And, and I think that they uh, they will rise to the occasion. Whether it's enough to win, we'll see. But you, I wouldn't necessarily bet against Mahomes. Uh, look at Lamar Jackson, though. And, man, what a season he's had. And then, you know what, he just continued it on in the, in the playoffs. And, you know, as good of a game as – as uh, Allen had for a long stretch, right? Like he, I, I think he was in on like 260 or 300 total, 350 yards uh, with his legs and his arm, and that's great. But yeah. Lamar Jackson, I don't like Matt. He scares me more than Josh Allen. What about you? Um, Allen would scare me more, really, from a perspective. Just, just because okay. he's, he's a much bigger threat throwing the ball than Lamar Jackson is. And that's not to say, look, you know, people hear that and they go, oh, you're saying he can't throw? No, he can throw the ball. But they're not built the same way. Like, Baltimore doesn't want to throw the ball at times. Where Buffalo, they, they want to put the ball in the air. They want to get chunk plays. Baltimore leads the league in rushing yards, over 2,600 on the season. They're not a team. I mean, Jackson in his career has never thrown 4,000 yards. I mean, that's just it's not the way they play. Um, and I think for the Chiefs, that does make it a little easier to say we're going to put seven and eight guys down the box because they have two superstar corners in Sneed and McDuffie, and they can just say, look, we're going to play man coverage on the outside. You're not going to throw the ball to, to Beckham and to Flowers. And if you look at the history of this season, the Chiefs have completely shut down the best receivers on other teams. I mean, you're talking about Justin Jefferson, 28 yards. A.J. Brown, 8 yards. Stephon Diggs, 24 and 21 yards. Tyree Kill had 62 yards in each of his two games against them. I mean, they just they take guys out of the game. So, I think for the Chiefs, you're going to say, we'll play man-on-man man outside. We're going to put a bunch of guys down in the box. Lamar has been great this year. If there's one thing he's a mere mortal at, like league average, is dealing with the blitz. The Chiefs blitz a ton. I think they're going to just fire through these gaps and say, look, if you beat us, you beat us. We're going to bring a ton. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Pressure, we're going to play man on the outside, and you've got to beat that. Maybe he does, but I think Kansas City's game plan is going to be very aggressive defensively. Hmm. Okay. Um, looking at the Chiefs, there's lots of people out there. Oh, Kelsey's done. He's in love. He's done. And I think he showed, hey, wait a sec. Uh, don't shovel dirt on my grave just yet. So you look at the, uh, you know, you said the Ravens defense is better for sure than, than Buffalo. So if you're the Chiefs yeah. and you're Mahomes and he's a magician, but how are they going to attack him? Do you expect them to just try to, like, if you're the defense, you say, okay, you know what? We're going to take away Kelsey and see what else they can beat us with. What do you do? If I'm Baltimore, you know, the, the funny thing in this game is both teams have actually been pretty bad against the run, uh, which obviously is a bigger issue for Kansas City in this game. Than I think it is for Baltimore. But, you know, both of them rank in the bottom 10 teams in, in yards per carry against. Like, you can run the ball in these defenses. The problem is for most teams, you're trying to throw to catch up when you play them. Now, that may not be the case this weekend. Maybe it's a close game. Uh, it's tight throughout. And so all of a sudden it matters how you defend the run. And I think if you're, if you're Baltimore, weird as it sounds, I think the number one thing is you, you cannot let Kansas City bludgeon you with Isaiah Pacheco. Buffalo did that. And I thought it set up the whole rest of the offense. Kansas City lived in second and medium and second and short, third and short. And while Mahomes is not Allen with his legs or Lamar Jackson with his legs, he can run. And he will pick up first downs. And they will, they will design plays with Andy Reid, who's one of the best ever to design. They'll find ways to pick up four, five, six yards. And so I think if you're Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, I think you're trying to take Pacheco away on early downs. And then I think on third down in particular, you are bracketing Kelsey and you are making them throw the ball elsewhere, maybe putting Marlon Humphrey on Rasheed Rice and saying, okay, if Rice can beat Humphrey one-on-one, we'll, we'll live with that. Um, and we're going to take Kelsey out of the play on third down. You're going to have to go elsewhere. Can you survive with Richie James and Justin Watson and so on and so forth? That's, that's going to be the question. And I think if that becomes the, the main focal point of the game, I think the Ravens are in great shape. Matt Verderam joins us. So, Matt, now let's go out to the uh, NFC and the Detroit Lions – uh, I think they're a team that's really hard to dislike because they've had no success for such a long time. So, you know, their, their coach is, is, uh, is ultra passionate. Uh, you know what? And everything he said a few years ago when people, you know, ripped on him has pretty much come to fruition a few years later. It didn't happen overnight, but uh, a lot of the things he talked about, they've come to fruition. Now they're going to San Fran. I guess let's start with Debo um, and, and his availability. How much of an impact do you think that would have on the outcome? Is, is that a major loss? Is it just a, it's a tough one? Where would you view it if indeed he doesn't play? Yeah, look, I, I mean, it's significant, obviously. I don't think it changes the entire tenor of the game. The only thing I would say is, look, this is a Lions team. You can throw all over the field on them. I mean, Detroit yeah. has given up more air yards this year than anybody in the NFL. You can throw down the field. And obviously, Debo's a guy who you can you can get downfield with. The only thing that I would say, though, kind of you can get away from that and, and, and live with it if you're San Francisco, is you have so many other guys. You just have so many other ways that you can beat a team. Um, and, you know, you can go nuts. McCaffrey could have 200 total yards from scrimmage. Kittle could have a buck 50. Like they, if there's any team that could deal with the loss of Debo Samuel, it's San Francisco. To me, that game's very simple. That game comes down to can Detroit win up front. If Detroit can win up front, they got a shot to win the game. If they can't, they're going to get boat raced. I mean, that's that that's it. They're going to have to win defensively with getting pressure. And even if that means blitzing, that's fine. They probably will blitz some in this game. And on offense, they got to be able to win at the point of attack and run the ball. If they if they can do those two things, they have a shot to win the game. If they can't do those two things, and Purdy's sitting in a lawn chair and and Goff is under the rest, game's done. They'll they'll get they'll get smoked. So um, the good news for the Lions. They're not good in pass coverage, but they're good up front. They are number one in the league in pressure rate. They get home. They, they can cause problems. Well, what about the, that nine front that they use sometimes? Man, Hutchinson's so far out. I'm not even sure the tackle can see him. It's, it's a unique formula. It took a while yeah. for them to get going, but it's worked. Well, you know, Hutchinson's so athletic that you can play that way. I yeah. mean, most guys, just, you can't line them up that wide. They're not going to be able to get pressure in time. But he can. 
Uh, they got, you know, Aleem McNeil inside, who's a good player. They're aggressive. They blitz a decent amount. I think they're top 10 in blitz rate, if memory serves me right. Um, Aaron Glenn is not going to sit back in this game. Now, the danger in that, you know, I talked, I thought the Chiefs would be really aggressive. The Chiefs have the corners in the secondary to do that. And the Ravens, for all their talent, they do not have the talent on the outside of the 49ers, still. I mean, if the Lions blitz, they have to get home. Like, Kansas City can blitz and not get home and maybe still be all right because they can cover. If Detroit doesn't get home, they're, yeah, they're done. done. Yeah. Like, somebody is going to be wide open. And so that's that's the big risk if you're Detroit. you got to really pick your spots, and you got to be successful when you do it. So – is it? Did they just not have good cover guys? Is, is it their linebackers? Why are they so porous in the passing game? Yeah, I would say that it's mostly the secondary is just not that good. I mean, Brian Branch is an awesome rookie who's got the versatility to play some slot. He can play safety. Uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's not you know healthy. I mean, he, he missed some time. Um, you know, that didn't help. But they're just not. They don't have the corners. You know, they brought in Cam Sutton from the Steelers in free agency, and Sutton's. Sutton's more of a, a two or a three. He's yeah, he's their one. You know, they, it's just they don't have the guys on the outside. You know, they, they were hopeful Jerry Jacobs would really step up this year. You know, I, I, I just think it's one of those personnel things where you look at them and go, it's just not going to happen. I mean, they don't have – they don't have – if you look at these last three teams, uh, other than them, you look at the Niners who have an all-pro in Traverius Ward. And, and even their secondary is not great, but Ward is a very good player. The Chiefs have – an all-pro in McDuffie and, and Sneed, who's probably one of the biggest snubs from the all-pro team that there was. Um, you know, and then you, you look at Baltimore. Baltimore has Marlon Humphrey, and they've got Geno Stone, and, and they've got Kyle Hamilton. The Lions just don't have the personnel. They're, they're just not built the way those other teams are to kind of play you one-on-one and, and live with the fact that if the Blitz doesn't get home, they can still cover. Uh, quickly, Matt, uh, give me your thoughts on some of the, the new coaching additions. Uh, they're reporting that uh, Raheem Morris from the Rams is now going to be the Falcons head coach, so uh, it doesn't sound like Bill Belichick is uh, is going to go there. Do you think Bill coaches anywhere this year? You know, I've thought, quite frankly, throughout the, the whole process, if you will, I thought Washington, if they don't get Ben Johnson, which I think is, is he's their big target, but if they don't get him – Belichick makes a lot of sense here when you actually stop and think about it. Like the, the the commanders, first of all, they play right down the road from where he grew up down in Maryland. Secondly, uh, they have the number two pick in the draft. Like they're going to be able to draft a quarterback, and they have some pieces on defense. So you know, I think that would be an interesting fit. Now that being said, if they can get Ben Johnson, they're going to get him. And if if that happens, yeah, I mean, I think there's a very real chance Belichick's just. Not coming back. I mean, I, I don't know. At least not this year. And at 72 years old, maybe ever. I mean, it's it's one of these things where it's hard. If you're a team that's not built to win right now, if you're Belichick, you know, why would you go there? For Washington, okay, the money's probably going to be good because Harris is an owner who will spend money. And it, it, it's kind of going back home. Sure. And you get the number two pick at the quarterback. Why else? I mean, I, I think, you know, coaching-wise, like Callahan's an interesting hire in Tennessee. Uh, I think it's probably a pretty good move. Morris, excellent defensive mind. They got He's just got to find somebody to pair with him on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Pierce going back to the Raiders. I think the, the players have lost their minds if it wasn't Pierce. So I think that, that's probably the right move. And Harbaugh, look, Harbaugh is a home run for the Chargers. I got to be honest, I'm surprised just from the standpoint they never pay anybody to be their head coach. So they finally opened up the wallet. Um, that should be a move that at least makes them interesting. I don't think it makes them all of a sudden better in Kansas City, but it at least makes them a team that you can look at and go, all right, you know, they can they maybe should be a playoff team at some point down the road pretty soon. Matt, who are you picking? Who's gonna be in the Super Bowl? Kansas City and San Francisco. I, I I am I am more confident with the Niners. The Chiefs, it's just gotten to the point, Jason, it's it's like when the Patriots were great for all those years. Yeah, I I think the I think the Ravens are slightly better. I don't think it's a huge guy. I think if you took it the overall overall totality of the year, the Ravens are much better. If you look at them right now, I think the Ravens are slightly better. But I think it's a tight game because of the defenses. I think that both teams have great kickers, so I don't think that's going to be a huge factor. And I just think if it's a tight game with ten minutes left, I'm taking Mahomes. I don't care who he's playing. So I'll take the Chiefs. 
And I'll take the 49ers to have a Super Bowl 54 rematch. All right. Well, we'll see, Matt. As always, we appreciate it, Matt. Have a great day. You too. Take care. There you go. That's uh, Matt Bernaram from uh, Sports Illustrated. So he's going with the Chiefs and the 49ers. Who do you like this coming weekend in the AFC and NFC Championship. I would agree the uh, the 49ers would out of of the two games I'd be most comfortable picking them for sure. I'd see a lot of reasons to pick the Ravens, man. But there is there is something about Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. He's been pretty good. But Lamar Jackson, I thought he was great last weekend. And the Chiefs are pretty good defense. You got two really dynamic quarterbacks. Will we see the dynamic quarterbacks have success or will it be the dynamic defenses who stifle them? Cons, are you expecting points or do you think this is going to be maybe a surprising low-scoring battle? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking in the 40s. I'm thinking like a 24-21 close game, close towards the end. And, you know, it could be a matchup where the last team to have the ball has a chance to march down and win the game. I think both quarterbacks have those capabilities. Mahomes has done it in the past for sure. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, if you're too focused on on stopping the pass, he'll take off and run and make you look bad that way. So it's going to be a fantastic game. I think I do agree with what Matt said there. I, I said Niners. I said Chiefs. Just something about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like he said, kind of gives you flashbacks to the Patriot and uh, Tom Brady era. Where you, you just think when it comes down to it, if he has the ball in his hands and a chance to win, he's not going to be stopped. And... I think that that might be what it comes down to. 258, uh, Terry Ryan is going to uh, join us. He's in Alberta. Bobby Big Wheel is out in uh, Banff uh, this week at a, at a big conference. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. Of course, yeah, the Edmonton owners are uh, shooting for 15 in a row. Uh, head coach feels like they've gone a little stale lately. So uh, he's juggling his lines a little bit. I, I think it's fine. But... Some people are really upset about it. I don't. I don't really get it. But um, like, it's not like the combinations he's put together are bad. I actually quite like it because you know it gives you options later on in the year. I still believe that if you're worried about the playoffs, I, I think you're trying to connect invisible dots. What you're doing on January 25th isn't going to. Oh well, he's doing it once now. That means he wants to do it in the playoffs. I, I don't see that correlation personally myself. I think he's a coach who good coach. The thing I like about Nonblock. He doesn't just get stuck in ruts. He's okay to change certain things at times. He loves consistency. He wants it. Feels like he doesn't like to overreact. But look at the order's first periods now for the last seven or eight games. That haven't been very good. Outside of the Calgary first period. 